On this week's Jeep Talk Show, we're going to find out more details about the all-new 2018 Wrangler. I'll give my review of the AOAA Off-Road Park, and I'll tease a product I'll be doing a future review on. We have your reviews, comments, and voicemails to share, and I'll be talking more about an upcoming wheeling trip to Guadalupe National Park. I'll be talking oil pressure in the 4-liter inline 6 and how you can troubleshoot a potential problem. Tammy's talking diff covers, Tony's just talking, and I'm pretty much at my wit's end. And we're all here for episode 237 of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And What a great announcer's voice. First week in G. I've got just four words for you. Don't screw it up. <laughs> and those four words have never meant more to one man than they do right now to Mike Manley, who, as you know, is the head man at Jeep. Right now, probably literally as we speak, Jeep is finishing work on the first major overhaul in over a decade to the Wrangler. It's also Jeep's 75th anniversary this year. So not only does Mike have the pressure of a milestone automotive history with that, but he also is responsible for making sure Jeep stays true to the heritage during this redesign of the one and only vehicle that traces its lineage back through the brand's entire 75-year history. So, with the release of this completely redesigned Wrangler just on the horizon, Manly has one clear mission. Don't screw it up. Mike does have a little time to iron out the wrinkles, though, as the new Wrangler designated the JL isn't uh, expected to go on sale until late next summer. In the design changes, it has been rumored that Jeep explored all aluminum construction, massive suspension changes, and even leaving its historic production home in Toledo, Ohio, all just to appease those retarded EPA regulations and still manage to turn a profit on each sale. The million-dollar question for months has been whether or not the Jeep Wrangler will retain its defining characteristics. It always has, right? So why not always will? Makes sense to me. If you're like me, well, the one big worry I had was whether or not Jeep was going to ditch the solid axles front and rear. At that point, you can pretty much kiss any ties to the vehicle's roots right out the window. Just last year, there were talks of the new Jeep likely going to an independent front suspension or IFS design. And furthermore, as a descendant of the Willys MB and decades of Jeep CJs, the 2018 Wrangler will retain its solid front and rear axles. It will keep its body-on-frame construction and its utilitarian boxy appearance. And, of course, the seven-slot grill, too. But under that clamp-down hood will be more efficient engine choices and a fuel-saving eight-speed automatic transmission. The all-new frame is both lighter and stronger, while many of the hang-on body parts will now be made out of aluminum instead of steel. Recent spy photos have alluded to possible new rear axle, moving from the current 10-bolt Dana 44 to what looks to be an all-new 12-bolt design. As you guys saw a few weeks back, spy photos confirm a more aerodynamic appearance, having a much steeper rake to the windshield and grille. Now, here's where I have to give some credit to Mike. He said, You have to be very careful with the aerodynamics of the Wrangler, because at the end of the day, it still needs to be recognizable as a Wrangler. Thank you. To some extent, that restricts you on some of the aero that you can do. Well done, Mike. See, he realized there's an unspoken line in the sand, one that is drawn that keeps the Wrangler what it is and what it always has been. The off-road icon, 
the one vehicle that has lent its tough and rugged off-road DNA to all other Jeeps. So yeah, Mike, don't screw it up. Where the hell was he when they redesigned the Cherokee? <laughs> Seriously, I dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> but hey, big thanks to all you guys out there who help us out each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you guys have a response to any one of our stories or you have something that you think we, sh- we should be reporting on, by all means, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. And let's do away with it. JL. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of a weird one. Odd. Next in line. Hey, you guys. Uh, JTS, also known as the Jeep Talk Show, is hiring. Uh, we have, uh, well, we got a couple of spots uh, for the, the little Jeep Talk Show that could. You know, we're in the top 20% on Lipson. At least that's what they're telling us. You know, who, who knows? They're maybe telling everybody that. <laughs> but we're reaching over 12,000 downloads a month. And to keep up with the growth of JTS, we're looking for a social media manager or two. Uh, We need help keeping in touch with our growing Jeep family. Uh, We have multiple opportunities. If you'd like to be part of this fast-paced and growing podcast, you know, you you read that every time that you're looking for a job in the resume, I mean, in the the job section of the paper, if anybody ever looks in the paper anymore. Fast-growing pace, uh, fast-paced growing company. Uh, But anyway, uh, please feel free to contact us at info at jeeptalkshow.com with a, the subject line, social media manager. Remember, we're looking for multiples because we got lots of good stuff to do. Twitter, uh, the Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, we're really blowing up Instagram. Uh, I, I put up a, a, a little message today about the show being on at, uh, 10, uh, 10 p.m. And uh, I think I had uh, five or seven likes on that picture in 30 minutes. So uh, uh, quite, yeah, quite a bit of activity going on there too. What's up, guys? I'm Kobe. And I'm Jason. From Morgan Trail Off-Road. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. The number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. You've heard of Jeep Hair Don't Care, right? Well, I'm here talking with people who do. Care, that is. Welcome to Jeep Hair. We care. I am here with one of my favorite people on the planet, somebody I'm very proud to know and call family, my father-in-law, Pete Patrick, a former maintenance sergeant on B-52s for the United States Air Force. Pete, what do you care about? Well, I care about the veterans in this country, particularly the disabled veterans. I'm a volunteer driver, and I take them from a clinic in Athens, Georgia, over to hospital appointments in Augusta, Georgia. We wait there for them till their appointments are over, and then we drive them back to Athens to their homes. That's really great. Hey, thanks for watching Jeep Hair We Care. Here's some more information. Hey, coming up in Wrangler Talk in just a few minutes, our very own Nate with Wrangler Extreme wheels with me this past weekend. And I asked him the tough question. What did he think of my wheeling? <laughs> you know, you I, didn't, have to I didn't stay re- tuned to hear it. I didn't realize we had a Nate. Is that? Uh, well, that's it's Nathan. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't realize we had a Nathan. No, no, we, we have him. We, we keep him locked up. We just take turns, <laughs> you know, which basement he's kept in. And next yes. week, I think it's yours, Tony. Ah, that's the change. You know, I don't, I don't have a basement. I'm in Texas. We don't, it's this clay. So he'll be in the backyard. <laughs> it's been very we haven't had any much rain so uh, that ought to be just fine it, you know uh, i don't know about you guys where you where you are tammy's by the way tammy's in maryland 
Uh, Josh is out also on the East Coast in Oregon. How and- dare you? <laughs> This is a mistake I used to make all the time, so I just kind of go with it now. Uh, But anyway, uh, I don't know what kind of weather you guys are having, but down here in the Houston area, uh, for the last seven or eight days, the temperature has not gone below 80 degrees. And I'm talking about in the wee hours of the morning. Oh, wow. It's been like that here for like a month. And where I work, there is no AC. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's brutal. So you're literally sweating your ass off. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. <laughs> they're, they're building me an office, but they have to build it in between fabricating elevators. I know. Are they, now tell me, are they taking, Tammy works at an elevator uh, construction place, uh, manufacturer or installation. I don't know, but are they taking multiple elevators and welding them together? Is that how they're making your office? Yeah. I think that would be cool to have different, like, little you know, elevators. That would be, especially if people actually came in. Uh, now, you're an office right. manager there, so you probably don't uh, greet anybody that comes up, and you probably don't have a lot of walk ins. But that oh, yeah. would be. No, there's a lot of. Um, they drop off doors, elevator doors. Can you fix this? Or, oh, that's you know, interesting. Control panels. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just out on the shop floor. So that would See, be, I would love to have a set of elevator doors as my office door. You <laughs> yeah, know. kind of a Maxwell Smart the uh, yeah. opening uh, for Get Smart. I know, timely <laughs> reference. <laughs> you get the boss that shoves his hand in there so you can't close the door on him. Ah, ah, ah. Talk about those TPS reports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, too much fun. But uh, yeah, that would be pretty cool. They welded a few uh, elevators together for you. All right, well, let's talk about the Jeep Talk Show. If you're watching us on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio-only format. Now, you say, that sounds very 40s radio-ish thing, but, you know, it's great to listen to while commuting commuting or while working on your Jeep. Uh, Yes, people work on their Jeeps. Subscribe via iTunes, tuned in, uh, or even Google Play now and Stitcher and never miss an episode. Uh, speaking of subscribing, you can now can subscribe with your money. Yes, your hard-earned cash. You can contribute directly to the show via PayPal. Just go to thejeeptalkshow.com and look for the little orange button that says subscribe. You can select 25 cents a week up to $1 a week. Your account, your PayPal account, will be, a ch- will be charged weekly. Cancel at any time. Even if you don't subscribe, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. You know, you can go to Amazon.com, JeepTalkShow.com slash Amazon, make purchases, and that puts a, a few little pennies in our pocket. If you don't shop at Amazon or it's worth it to you to do both, God bless you. Just go over there and click the subscribe button, and we will really appreciate it. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4. Radio Network Podcast. That's right. And the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. And learn more about the 4x4 podcast, Center Steer podcast, and Trail Chasers podcast. Got a whole lineup of shows there. We're adding new content all the time. Once again, 4x4radionetwork.com. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up and- so shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. So uh, this past weekend, I met up with Nate. Some of you might know him as SWB Crawler on um, the social media sites. Anyway, he contributes to the Jeep talk show with Wrangler Extreme. And he and his friends decided they were going to camp all weekend and wheel at AOAA, which is Anthracite Outdoor Adventure Area. 
And this off-road park is about 30 minutes north of Roush Creek, where I normally wheel. So I wasn't able to camp with them, but I drove up early Saturday morning and met them at the park. And Nate led the group on the trails. Can you believe we followed him? Anyway, I did a little field interview, so let's take a listen. Tony and Josh, I'm here with Nate, and we just got off the trails at AA, or AO AOA. and AA. <laughs> so, um, Nate, what, what did you think of, of, the, of the day? I think it was a great day, a little hot, rained a little bit, but uh, yeah, good day all around. I'm like impressed that your Jeep made it through some of those trails that, my, that you did. my dinky little 31s. Yeah. I was like impressed. <laughs> it, it just comes with experience. And, and it does, because Jeeps are amazing yeah. things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I know, I'm going to be screaming. So this is some video of uh, Tammy going over the rocks and lots of trees in there. It? It's very woody in this area. I can't believe Nate did it. <laughs> Nate. <laughs> Nathan, I can't believe he. Oh, came. I don't know how he did it. I think he was trying to race me. Because we were neck and neck. And oh, really? Guys, I'm with him. And then I go 10 feet and he's right next to me. That's really beautiful uh, out there, Tammy. My favorite Lots thing. of trees. Water. Thanks, Nate. Oh, there's a Cherokee in front of you there. I think he did this on purpose. Man, that Cherokee looks like it's running on 37. And it smells. Reminds me of the fluff mud of South Carolina. Tony and Josh, you see what's in front of me? What did you think of my wheeling? Were, I, was, was it what you expected? Or? I think you did pretty well, especially for someone as new to the sport as, as you are. Was I, um, as, was I as chicken as you thought I'd be? I, I didn't hear as much screaming as uh, I saw, <laughs> saw in some of your uh, videos with Kyle, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had help. I'll just point out you are following a, uh, a, listen, a Cherokee well, through the woods, Tammy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, you got it. All right, so, that was great. You know, Tony and Josh, I was, and I usually am really nervous when I go meet and Jeep with new people. And I'm always afraid that I'm going to hold them back or that they will take in trails that I can't handle. But these guys were awesome. Jason, Blaine, Brian, and Ed were awesome helping me wind through and squeeze through some pretty tight spots. This off-road park, they're reclaiming old minefields, so there's conservation going on. So they're not allowed to cut down certain size diameter trees. Would that be mine, mine trails? Because you said fields. Which they're, would be- they're, they're old <laughs> Which would no. be explosive. Well, yeah, no, they're old mine. It's mining old mine land. Okay, good. Yeah, but coal mines, mine, coal mines. I, I didn't, a, oh, she's it, off trail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in a turret. I just want to make sure because somebody's listening to that going, yeah. holy crap, minefields. Yeah. Coal mine yeah. fields, yeah. coal mine land. So anyway, they can't cut down you know certain diameter trees. So for me, some of the... JKUs are pretty wide, and with my long wheelbase, making some of these 90-degree turns and squeezing through trees was pretty tough. Oh, yeah. At one point, there's a video I just posted um, on my Facebook page and um, Twitter and all that. 
there's video at one point where I thought I was going to rip off my fender, but I didn't. So um, anyway, I can't again say enough how impressed I was with Nate's driving. He was in an LJ on little 31s, and he was riding these blue trails. He was leading us through, and his clearance it was is lower than my Sahara was stock. And he just ran through these blue trails like a pro. And it just goes to show you that it's, you know, your driving skills can get any Jeep through a trail. Yeah. Um, and I also believe the fact that Nate also mentioned that I didn't have as many outbursts. And I believe the fact that the, because he was able to go tackle those trails at a lower clearance streak, it gave me the comp oh, confidence. Yeah. And go. I think that reduced my outbursts on the trails, I think. Well, I think and you're I, getting used to being out there too. Yeah, well, it's, that it's all about be. seat time. You know, once yeah. you get uh, you know some seat time under you, and and you experience those those off camera situations, those those, those pucker moments, the mm -hmm. the, right. the 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 troubleshooting that you have to do out on the trail to you know determine okay what's the best line, okay you know where's my wheel placement, knowing where your corners are, all that stuff, and you know confidence in that just comes with getting that trail time, getting that seat time, and yeah. being out there. And you're not going to be a pro your first time out. And honestly, you know, you're still learning stuff, you know, 10, 15, 30, 100 times out on the trail. You're still right. going to learn something every new every time. Um, and, you know, I think I only swore once <laughs> in those videos. And I didn't, I didn't spill any of my Cheetos. Um, I know the swearing only once kind of disappointed Cody from Trail Chasers. I think he looked forward to <laughs> my outburst. Anyway, check out my YouTube channel. I think I got like three videos up. Um, my YouTube channel is um, The Jeep Mama for more videos on my weekend wheeling at AOAA. And you can follow me on my Jeep journey at www.jeepmama.com. And if you have any thoughts, suggestions, or ideas for me, I'd love to hear from you. Just email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com and use the subject line Wrangler Talk. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? We're still waiting to hear from you and where you wheel. Just call 530-675-4102 or use our SpeakPipe feature. You'll uh, see it as leave a voicemail a little on the right-hand side of the jeeptalkshow.com website. Hey, let's get over to a favorite part of my sh of the show for me. It's the, the reviews. And our first one is from Facebook, and it's Gary T. from Northwest JeepCast. He writes, hey, Jeep Mama, it's Gary T. from Northwest JeepCast. <laughs> Thanks for the like. I listened to your Wrangler talk. Your cast is pro. Way to defend Wranglers, especially black JKUs. And then he has a <laughs> smiley face. They have to be defended. Is I didn't realize they had such a complex. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. We got one here from Kyle Crawler 510 and he commented on a specific episode, episode 236. That was uh last week's episode. Hey guys, been listening to the show for about 2 years. We're back to the XJ Talk days. And I just have a little feedback to some of your topics this last week. JK's with the 3.6 liter have a 209 degree thermostat. 
The electric fan comes on at 230 and shuts off when the temperature drops to 209 to 210 degrees. This is going off of his information with a 2014 JK with a manual transmission. And Tammy's Jeep will give a digital readout of the coolant temperature if she goes to vehicle information on her screen where the compass and outside temp is. He also goes on to say he's had a Riddler diff cover or has had Riddler diff covers on Dana 30, Dana 44, and Chrysler 8 and a quarter axles. And a regular deep socket has always fit. So, Tammy, oh. as far as your installation goes, yeah. you shouldn't have That's any worries. That's good news. And you yeah, know what thanks, I'm going to do Kyle, first for thing the feedback the and the uh, and your interaction. Really appreciate it. Oh, I'm and uh, check out my vehicle information screen tomorrow morning. And, and I'll just mention that was a comment that uh, Kyle went over to the JeepTalkShow.com site and on the post for episode 236, you can leave comments on all all the posts that we make. And he left his comment there. And you certainly can, too. Uh, we don't get a lot of comments on the site, uh, but I figure that's because you guys are getting the uh, uh, downloading it from iTunes or listening directly from the site or whatever, and you just don't, maybe you don't even know there's comments there, but, but you can comment on the individual posts. And hey, we got a comment from a uh, fellow friend uh, in the social media sphere, as it were. We, we always like to give shout outs to our friends around the social media sphere, and we recently got some love in the form of a shout out on a popular YouTube channel, The Media Mart youtube.com slash the media mart and tony the regular guy as he's referred to makes Thank videos you. about cars trucks not you oh food and interesting people he did a review on the jk not all that long ago and we actually played it here on the show as a thank you he gave us a shout out on his show and we thought that deserves a good old-fashioned jeep wave so if you want to check out a cool youtube channel that has everything from jeeps to barbecue ribs then check out the media mart and oh hey tony yes no not you thanks for the <laughs> shout out Damn it. I hate when that happens. You know, there's just very few people named Tony. And yes, that is my name. It's not short for Anthony. Anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun uh, YouTube channel. I think yeah. uh, uh, Tony uh, or Anthony has about 12,000 subscribers. Yeah, a little yeah, over 12K. Wow. Yeah, over there on the, the Media Mark. He, uh, he reviews everything. That uh, Dr. Pepper that they dug up from the 1800s that they're selling right now, he even tried tasting some of that and telling you what he thought about it. So uh, no, he's he delivers everything with a nice little sense of humor as well, guys. Very entertaining channel. Go check it out. And by all means, subscribe. Look for the Burger King hot dog review. Oh, God. Did you watch it? Yeah, I, I tried watching it at work and <laughs> I started you? laughing too loud. So <laughs> did, did, did you know that the weenie was going to fall out into the he has a renegade, <laughs> he has a renegade, by the way. And I knew that weenie, the way he was holding it up to the camera, the whole thing was going to fall apart on him, and it did. And he was bitching and moaning about getting his new renegade steering column all hot dogish. So anyway, I don't want I don't want to give too much of it away. I wish I already uh, have. Go check it out, guys. YouTube.com uh, slash spoiler, spoiler, yeah, spoiler. Spoiler alert. There you go. I took care of it. <laughs> um, something we look forward to each and every week, and that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. Man, you never know what's coming. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, with everybody traveling for the summer, uh, they're renting cars. And some people are renting out uh, Wranglers and Renegades and even some Cherokees. And uh, they're sharing their opinions and thoughts and giving quick reviews of it, which I find helpful. But uh, one key piece of information everybody keeps leaving out is cup holders. Yep. Now, I know all the new vehicles come with cup holders, but do they come with a 12-ounce cup holder or a cup holder that can handle the big super gulp? 
And now that Fiat's in the is in the picture. Does the, does the new Renegade have a little uh, cup holder that could fit a wine glass? <laughs> that would be uh, nice. I know I'm uh, kind of a stickler on the cup holders because I was in Little League once. I went out without a cup holder and uh, ain't been right since. Yeah. And Tony, you can insert your nut joke here. <laughs> that took me a while. All right, to get guys, that. I'll and girls, I will chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. Gee, Nikki, you forgot your cup in Little League. That's nuts. There you go. But I'm bum. <laughs> I need a bum bum bum. <laughs> or if it's a, a testicle joke, just a bum bum. I was gonna say it's called a rim shot, but that's gonna open the door for something oh, inappropriate. Gee, I'm that's sure. just that's just completely nasty. <laughs> <laughs> You got tech questions? What oh, do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Man, that thing is flowing like a well-oiled machine tonight. Something's going to blow up soon. Oh, and it might <laughs> even be my engine, actually. No, I want to talk to you guys about oil pressure, in fact, and oil pressure in the straight six, uh, more specifically. Um, we're going to talk about what oil pressure is, uh, and if it's low in your vehicle, how to troubleshoot it, and what the problem might be. Oil pressure is dependent on bearing clearances, amongst other things, and primarily it's, it's created by the pump, the oil pump, and uh, there's lots of orifices in the engine that the oil has to travel through and up and around and everything else, but uh, imagine if you have a main bearing failure, you're not only going to have some, a very bad day with some engine problems, but yeah, your oil pressure is going to drop substantially. So bearing clearances um, really make all the difference in the world. In fact, a few thousandths of an inch more clearance than you should have, and, well, you can see a significant drop in your oil pressure. So, um, not to say that every oil pressure drop is uh, because of things like a bearing failure or um, uh, clearances and rod bearings or um, skirts or anything like that. No, it's not necessarily that. In fact, it can be something quite simple. So, we're going to tr- go through the different troubleshooting procedures and try and get you guys all set up. If you're having a low oil pressure problem or uh, if you ever have one in the future, you'll know what to do. Oil, of course, is the lifeblood of our engine. The pump is the heart, and the sending unit is, well, it's like an EKG in this weird analogy, but I digress. The oil pressure sending unit is what basically tells us how much oil we have in the vehicle without using the dipstick, sometimes called the oil pressure switch, if you're looking in a parts store for it or in a parts fiche. It is essentially a variable path to ground for the gauge, and how the gauge gets its signal. Now, on the 97 and up 4 liters, it's grounded through the harness. There's a 4-pin plug, and that's basically what, the, uh, what, what feeds the sending unit. There's a ground point at the dipstick mount bolt, which I always recommend that you remove, clean, and reinstall. It just helps keep the grounds fresh, and we all know how finicky Jeeps are with grounds. Now, if you want to go through the rest of the troubleshooting procedure, we need to eliminate things that you know it can't be. Um, so, obviously, making sure that our grounds are all good is, would be a good place to start. A visual inspection, of course, I always recommend that we do for before we do anything. Uh, you want to eliminate the gauge in this issue with the 97 and newer. Well, with the key off, press and hold your odometer, and then go ahead and as you um, uh, at the, the odometer reset button, as you turn the key on, let go of that, and the gauge will do a full self-test and reset itself. And don't worry, the odometer will still read the high mileage that you have on it, but... Uh, Sit back and enjoy the show as you watch the gauges all do a big dance and flash and everything else. What you're going to see is your oil pressure gauge moving, and that's what you want to see. You want to see it peg, you want to see it stand still, you want to see it drop. It's going to go through all the motions that an oil gauge can, and basically you're determining that the oil gauge is doing what it's supposed to do, meaning that it works. Now, whether or not it's getting the right signal, well, that'll be next. 
So with the uh, 97 uh, and up uh, oil pressure sending units, we, we eliminate, you know, whether or not it's this is whether it's the uh, the gauge um, you want to go ahead and eliminate uh, anything else. So uh, the ignition on and the engine off, the gauge should renormal. You know, unplug the sending unit and the gauge should drop. This is going to tell you whether or not the sending unit is sending a signal. Now, if everything else is good, we're going to go ahead and move on. Now, if I'm going to go back a little bit here to our Renix guys, some of the guys with the older um, Jeep engines. Uh, these are a single wire, much more simpler engine, variable resistor grounded through the block. When the engine is off, the sender is shorted to ground. The gauge basically reads zero or PSI or, or close. As the oil pressure increases, the sender offers the resistance to the ground, providing a mid-scale reading on the gauge. If the wire is removed altogether, well, the gauge will read off the scale to the high side all the time. Now, this is a quick and simple test for you older Jeep guys to perform to help isolate the problem. And with the key on and the engine off, pull the wire off the sending unit. The gauge should read full scale. Now, short the wire to ground. Don't worry. This isn't going to harm anything. And the gauge should read zero. This is correct. Then, well, then your, your gauge and the wiring is all good. Your trouble is likely to be the sending unit. If this test has little or no effect on the gauge, then the problem is in the wiring or the gauge itself. Now, for vehicles with the indicator light, that's just the idiot light that turns on when everything is going bad. Well, the sending unit is, in this case, just like a simple switch. With the engine off or the, oil, or the pressure is too low, the switch closes and eliminates the indicator lamp on the gauge cluster. Under pressure, the switch is open and the lamp goes out. The only difference in the above test is with the wire disconnected, the light is out, and with the wire grounded, the light is on. On, off, simple switch. Okay, back to the 97 4 liters. There's an elbow fitting for the sending unit that is screwed back into the block. This oftentimes can get plugged up with engine sludge. And hey, if you don't know where your sending unit is, it's usually right next to or around where the oil filter is. Now, this may happen in higher mileage engines where that elbow can get uh, plugged up. An internal cleaning like seafoam treatment was done recently or something like that. You can dislodge some of that, that sludge and it can get up in there and, well, you can ruin your day. You can clean it by shoving a pipe cleaner through it. You're going to have to remove the sending unit first. But you risk the sludge finding its way back, or you can go just go ahead and remove and clean and reinstall that elbow. It's really not that hard. Visual inspection of pressure and is is the oil in, in the valve train is of course a really good idea. Just open up the fill cap, look inside when the engine is running, or if you really want to do it some, the messy way, pull the valve cover and start the engine. You should see oil in the in the valve train valley, and uh, if you're not getting oil up there, well, obviously you're going to have some pump issues. And at that point in time, it's time to swap the pump. Time to remove the starter, drop the pan, drop the pump, clean, prime, reinstall, new gasket, you're good to go. It's really not that hard, guys. It's just a matter of removing a bunch of bolts and well, one part, really. Here's a tip for you. If you're thinking about, you, about doing an upgrade because a high-volume oil pump sounds like it's going to be a performance upgrade for you, now think again. That's not something you really need until you get into the stroker uh, game. And, well, the high-volume pumps also need more clearance, so be prepared to modify your stock oil pan or end up having to buy a new one. Look, guys, I hope this has helped you out in troubleshooting some low oil pressure symptoms on your Jeep. I'm running through the same issue right now, so uh, I'm speaking some from firsthand, guys. So and if you guys have any questions at all related to tech for your Jeep, by all means, send me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Just put in the subject line, Tech Talk. Now, I don't know how good an idea this is, Josh. You may have some, uh, sure. some information on this. Tammy, I don't know. You may as well. Um, I have heard of people actually putting diesel fuel in their oil and then running the engine for uh it seems like it was like five or ten minutes and then draining uh all the oil out and then uh, uh replacing it with fresh oil to get rid of the gunk the gunk buildup 
Um, it can clog it is a passageways. Bit of an- of an old shade tree mechanic trick, you could actually run, um, I'm not saying running exclusive, but um, putting in a quart of transmission fluid mm-hmm. into your yep. crank, crankcase during an oil change or right before an oil change actually would be the best uh, time to do it. Um, what this does is the, the transmission fluid has a very, very high detergent um, uh, content in mm-hmm. it. That's why the inside of a transmission is always so shiny and sparkly clean. Um, so putting this in your crankcase is, of course, going to clean things up. Now look, guys, if you have a really high mileage motor or it's been in disrepair for a better part of its life, you got a lot of sludge, you got a lot of oil leaks, this is not something that you really want to do. This is part of routine maintenance. This is the kind of stuff that you do to a, uh, a nice, tight, well-running engine. Um, if you're you know, at the point of desperation, then you might have some other problems that you're going to have to take care of before you're worried about how clean the inside of your engine is. But you, you may actually like claw seafoam, some problems, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. You know, you, you do a deep cleaning treatment on an old engine or something like that, you're likely going to dislodge a lot of sludge. That sludge can plug up those small oil passages and valleys that can otherwise freely pass oil. And, uh, well, if you start starving parts of the engine for oil, and that's when things go bad very fast. Yeah, so there are ways of cleaning things. Uh, we're not uh, telling you to do it, but there's something you might want to research if you're having some problems with oil pressure. Uh, but Josh, like Josh says, you know, bearings wear, and as they wear, the clearance gets gets wider, so the oil pressure goes down. With that said, I will tell you that in my brand new, not new to me, my brand new 1998 Cherokee with a 4.0 liter engine, in the first year that I had it, I was getting a oil alarm because it was dropping down to right around five psi. It was so in the heat of the summer, and it always happened whenever I was making a sharp turn. There was a recall um, on the oil pressure sending unit circuit in the ninety-seven to ninety-nine years. There, um, I don't remember what the exact recall notice was. I, the letters E O five are ringing a, a bell in my head, but. Um, this was a this was a massive recall back then, uh, and uh, the dealerships were fixing it for free um, by putting in new sending units and a new harness, I believe, or a new um, new pigtail. Interesting. Uh, I may not have been on that recall because I did not receive anything. And, Interesting. Uh, uh, I fixed it by using uh, straight thirty pins oil. There you go. <laughs> maybe you said you were going to fix it by using duct tape. Uh, duct tape or a JB weld is all, also very popular with uh, with the repairs. Don't put that in your engine, people. <laughs> Dear God. Yep. Uh, always talk with a mechanic or do your own research yeah. before you make any modifications to your Jeeps. We're just giving you ideas. They may not be good. They may be bad. It's the stuff that we've done or we've heard of. So be responsible for your own crap is what I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, if you have any ideas, comments, questions. We love hearing from you. So be sure and call our voicemail at 530-675-4102 or jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Just click on the leave voicemail button on the right hand side of the screen. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do. So at the beep, leave your message. Hey, this is Rob the Tune Man. I just noticed my neighbor with his Toyota Tacoma trying to do some wiring up against the firewall. And he's trying to get between the fender and the hood, and it's so tight, and he's having such trouble. And so I just looked over at him and yelled and opened the hood of my Wrangler and laid it back against the windshield. And I said, see, 
Jeep, no problem. <laughs> of course, this is the guy that also says his Toyota is a Jeep recovery vehicle. Ha ha. Ooh. Anyway, love the show. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Bye. I think it's great that we have support staff. <laughs> you know, well, unpaid support staff. You know what's all funny about that? He was talking about his, if I heard him right, his hood uh-huh. goes all the way back. Yeah. Guess what Nate had to show me this weekend. Oh, no. Do because we want to hear this? My, <laughs> now that my Jeep is lifted, I'm sitting here because I was going to air up using um, my air pump. Air thing, compressor. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I, I used the battery. So I like lifted my hood up and I couldn't reach it up <laughs> to hook it up. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Nate just you know calmly walks over and he flips it all the way back up to my and it scared the hell out of you what are you doing what are you doing god i didn't know it could do that so you learn something new every day yeah it's it's uh it's quite uh, quite handy uh it's a bit freaky i think my wife kind of freaked out when i did that to her tj is that supposed to be like that right yes if i'm doing it it means it's supposed to be that way (laughs) I, I i i trip people out when you know i put the hood up on on my jeep and on the cherokees and on the mjs uh they've got two hood latch circles uh most people only put it on the first one uh i go clear back to the second one and the and the hood is basically vertical at that point and, oh what are you doing i i put mine way back it doesn't go vertical but i i want to be able to be able to get in there especially with the six yeah. and a half inch lift and 33 inch tires uh i have the same problem that you're talking about tammy and I, i'm a little taller than you so, I mean, I can get to the battery just fine, but if I need to get in there any further than that, any any further down than that, then I, I get a stool to stand on. Yeah, I'm going to have to bring a ladder with me. And I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but uh, uh, you need to keep your pants off those tires because they will leave a uh, mark uh, on there and it will be uh, semi-permanent. Well, you'll be wearing it for the day anyway. Oh, well. Uh, I don't like dirty Jeep, dirty pants. It, well, yeah, I was going to say, it's, 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 I seems, go out anytime I drive the Jeep, I plan on getting dirty. <laughs> well, I'm talking, well, it's a daily driver. I mean, you, you drive yours oh, daily, yeah. Tammy. So if you're uh, going to work true, yeah. and yeah. you know, that's, that's why I'm telling you, I'm not talking about off road. I mean, you're, you're sweaty and dirty anyway, but if you're uh, wearing some slacks or something, you don't want to have uh, these mud, <laughs> this mud tire pattern. On Who's your- this out on the trail in a three piece suit anyways? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That'd make a that could make a make a good little commercial for the Jeep Talk Show, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right, Tammy. Well, it's uh, it's your turn to talk some more and give us uh, some information on your product review. Um, this isn't necessarily a product, but it's a review. It is I a decided, product. It's something yeah, that guess, people people yeah, use. People use and people buy. Mm-hmm. I guess pay money for. Um, I was gonna compare AA, AOAA versus Roush Creek. So last weekend, I took to the trails of AOAA, which is Anthracite Outdoor Adventure Area. Oh, very good. And I have been asked by a few folks, how does this park compare to Rush Creek Off-Road Park? So let me break it down to you. The similarities, both parks are in the mountains of eastern Pennsylvania, located on old coal mines. Both parks have trails with muddy water obstacles. Both parks have trails that wind through the woods. And these trails are easy, moderate, and difficult to fit the needs of all kinds of off-roaders. Both parks have rocky trails and rock gardens. Again, these trails fit the needs of all kinds of off-roaders. Now, the difference is AOAA also has ATV and dirt bike trails. Uh. So you can hear the dirt bikes winding through the woods. Um, Roush Creek has a better mapping system. However, AOAA has only recently opened, I think three years, 
And every week their maps are improving. So you need to go out with somebody who's been on the trails before. Um, the AA, the AOAA trails I traveled were technically challenging for a longer wheelbase because of the very tight turns and trying to squeeze between the trees, which I mentioned earlier. That's good and experience, though. It is. Yeah. It's, it teaches you, you know, lots of good little tricks you need to learn. And um, anyway, because AOAA is on land, that is part of a mine, coal mine recla <laughs> reclamation. They are limited on what trees they can cut down. So that's why, you, you know, you have to squeeze through these trees. Yeah. Um, now, I have wheeled Roush Creek at least 10 times, um, but only once at AOAA. So by no means am I an expert of either off-road park. These are just my um, experiences. I love them both equally. They are both beautiful, refreshing, and challenging. And I look forward to trying out some more trails on AOAA and stepping up my game at Roush Creek. Now, Very good. just want to make sure. Uh, I know you said AOAA has minefields. They do not have those things at Roush Creek, correct? So there's some no, yeah, additional difficulty. They do have and guard towers too. Yes, <laughs> they do have minefields at Roush Creek. No, both. Wow. Both, both <laughs> parks are on old. There's tons of coal mines in Pennsylvania. Years and years and years ago, actually, I I think I believe my grandfather, um, my mom's father, actually mined the coal fields at AOAA. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm still trying because it's located right near Coal Township, Pennsylvania, which he resided in at one point in his life, which is when he was working the coal mines. So um, anyway, there's coal mines all over Pennsylvania. And both of these parks are on coal mines. And actually at Roush Creek, they do um, a tour of a Jeep tour of one of the coal oh, mines. Oh, that'd be nice. Now, uh, and, and I know this just depends on your own personal beliefs, but it's potential that your great-great-grandfather, uh, I think you said, could it's actually... It's just my grandfather. Okay, his grandfather spirit could be watching you while you're could wheeling. Be. So you need to watch your mouth, young lady. Yes, I know. <laughs> I did really good. I only swore once. Still, it's embarrassing. Yeah. All the other ghosts are going, oh, yeah, you should have taught her better. There she is again. <laughs> she goes again. Campfire side chat. We're, uh, it's way too hot for a fire. We're developing. Well, this is a cold fire. This is like a cold fusion generator. Oh, okay. so. Actually, can we just like be by poolside? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, really cold drinks. That's all I care. Yeah. So we'll we'll just say that the the crackling of the fire is a uh, a player. We're just playing another MP3 player to, for there for effect. Go. There we go. So Tammy, uh, AOAA sounds a, a lot like uh, some of the the area out here. Now we have public lands out here, but a lot of the off road parks are, um, uh, are mixed use, as it were. Right. So you'll have some trails that are, are motorcycle only. Some are, yep. are motorcycle and quad and and uh, and Jeep and side by side alike, and some are just Jeep only. Um, you know the bikes aren't allowed, but this you know raises a good point about trail etiquette and stuff, which I, I think we probably want to spend a show on one of these days talking about trail etiquette and stuff like that. But uh, uh, yeah, it's very interesting, especially if you're not used to you know hearing the two strokes winding up in the hill <laughs> behind you, or you right. know um, used to having bikes come up the trail from behind or anything like that. You know, it's it's an interesting experience sharing the trail with the our, our ATV brethren, as it were. Well, and it's funny because at one point I didn't 
realized they were going to be so noisy. I'm like, oh my God, what, what's wrong with my Jeep? <laughs> They're cutting yeah. down like, trees right noise? next to me. I'm like, oh, it's just. I don't particularly care for them getting so close to my uh, my rig whenever they're going in and around. It's nice to to share the trail with uh, like minded people, like sized right. vehicles. Everybody's waiting their turn and not have to you know worry about some fourteen uh, uh, year old, thirteen year old, or whatever coming through there on a quad and who knows what kind of skill level they have. And uh, you know, I, I did mention my Jeep is my daily driver, so it's not something mm-hmm. that I just go park in the in the, the garage yeah. or the driveway when I get home. I, I need to have it working on Monday. I will say this, though, at least out here, um, speaking from my personal experience, the, the, the people out here, regardless of what they're riding or driving, seem to be fairly well-versed on trail etiquette as far as, Good. you know, who gets the right away or being cordial about it at the very least, knowing that, okay, I'm not going to be able to make it around these rigs, so I'm just going to pull off on the side, let the Jeeps pass, and then I'll go ahead and continue on my way. Um, sometimes the bikes uh, are coming up from behind uh, and they obviously can move through the trail a lot faster than the Jeeps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes we'll just move aside and let those guys sure, pass. But, sure. uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's different. And, and if you're not, if you're not used to it, it can definitely be, um, uh, be a little bit shocking at times, especially, and, and, you know, you get those two strokes winding up. And good. I'm not really used to it. I've only been out on the trail with my Jeep a few times. So uh, I'm sure I would get used to that. Uh, it's, it's all the, all the, all the fact of not knowing uh, and that's the concern. And, uh, and you they just were all, learn. I mean, we didn't come across too many of them where we had to cross paths, but it all worked out fine for it's, us. It's yeah, the it ones that are falling down drunk that I really have a problem right. with. Oh, jeez, yeah, <laughs> no. It's, oddly enough, I don't find that uh, find that happening too often, at least out here. Um, everybody seems to, to mind their P's and Q's pretty well out, out there, but, uh, but yeah. Now, Josh, I wanted to ask you some more about your oil pressure uh, things that you were talking about. Now, yeah. this this just happened all of a sudden. Was there an event well, leading yeah, up to this? Not, ex- or? not exactly. Over the last couple of years, I've had a couple of events where, where I've been on the trail, and um, as I come around a, a corner or something like that and start an incline or something like that, I'll watch my oil pressure start to drop. Or, or towards the end of the day, I'll see my oil pressure looks a little bit low or something like that. And, uh, you know, after, you know, sitting around and having lunch or whatnot, it, you know, it's back to normal. Um, I have, since I've owned the Jeep in the last eight years or whatever, I have replaced the oil temp or oil pressure sending unit four times. I'm on my fourth sensor. Um, now, the only reason I replaced it this last time is because, again, I thought it was the sending unit um, because it's been the sending unit the last three times. I replaced the sending unit. Oil pressure back to normal. I'm good to go. Um, this time, I've gone through all my troubleshooting procedures, and I'm definitely looking at a bad pump, which pisses me off to no end because I was just in there. So now I got to drop the pan again and get in there and uh, and pull that oil pump out. And you got to pull the distributor that, too, right? You got to pull the distributor out. Pull, no, you don't have to pull pan. the distributor. It's it's just two bolts from the. Uh, you have to drop the oil pan, and it's just bottom, basically bolted to the bottom of the block. Yeah, but the the distributor goes into the oil pump, doesn't it? It, it well, there's a there's there's a post with a slot, mm-hmm. um, basically on the uh, on the uh, top side of the oil pump, if you will, and the right. distributor and and the oil pump sort of mate like that. Uh, they're they're not connected. Uh, I mean, like mechanically connected as far as joined together with a fastener or anything. 
um, but they but they are engaged together. But one, you can pull the distributor out without removing the oil pump, and you can remove oh, the oil good. pump without removing the distributor. Well, that should be real simple, with the exception of you know uh, dropping the oil pan. That's that is it's you know it's quite a bit of work, time consuming yeah. and messy, and it's just like I just did that. The Jeep has got like a hundred miles on an oil change, and it's ah. Oh, so, bummer. You, you unless you have debris in that in that oil, you can yeah, reuse I'll it. Yeah, I'll end up reusing the oil. I won't, you know, pull the uh the the filter or anything. It's just it's just it it bugs me because I thought about doing it when yeah. I was in there yeah. and I was doing the rear main seal and and the and the gasket and everything else. I was like, you know the oil pumps right there. Maybe well, I should do that while I'm in here. It's damned if you oh. do, damned if you don't because you right. could have got and a defective oil pump well, the and then time, you went why did I, I change an oil pump that was working perfectly fine right you know? and so that's think of it, it that i was thinking that it was perfectly fine so why bother with it well so, especially and, with and, the situation you've been in changing out oil sending units and that correcting the oil pressure right. i don't think you made a bad decision no no so um it's kind of a bummer and, and it really couldn't have come at a worse time because right now this weekend i mean like literally day after tomorrow as we are recording this is the Oregon Trail off-road sending away party? Oh no! And so he, I'm supposed to. I he's was got supposed another to be vehicle. Going he's on, got another the, vehicle he can take out there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna borrow your other guy's rig. Don't mind me. Oh, I was talking about the Honda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send so you. Could probably do it in the Honda. Back out. I'll send you another Jeep talk show sticker, Josh. <laughs> you can put it on the hood. Just, just go rent a Jeep. Uh, no, go rent no, a Wrangler. Oh no, go rent a Renegade. <laughs> <laughs> Here I come. <laughs> no, it's it's just it, it's a little bit you know disheartening oh, because I you know I'm, now I have to miss out on this um, you know all because of uh, you know a, a call that I made you know a couple months ago on on something that I really should have done while I was in there. So it's just you know I'm kicking myself in the shorts and it's just kind of a bummer, but. You know, it's not something that's beyond my capacity. It's just, uh, it's just something I didn't want to deal with. When's the send off? It's Saturday, right? Yeah, it's day after tomorrow. So Friday afternoon, when you get home from work, you have plenty of time. Oh yeah. Oh sure. <laughs> you can sleep after the send off. <laughs> Don't worry about getting everything together or a shakedown run or anything like that. Yeah, well, you can do all that when the you're on the trail. The shakedown run will be driving out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I've got... No, you've um, got a friend or something that you could call up, right? And uh, in, in the area that could drive you over there? Oh, I've got a lot of cheaper friends out yeah. here in the area. So it's, it's not... I, I'm, I'm going to make an appearance regardless. I know where the guys are going to be camping at and everything. So I'm going to go... And uh, and crash their party um, uh, Friday night uh, before the send off or Saturday night before the send off. So pee at their campfire if you if yeah. you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love these guys. I, I can't I can't do anything like that to them. Oh, they but, they'd uh, enjoy it. It's a great. But smell. I will go down there and uh, share a beer with them and sit around the campfire for a little bit and uh, make sure they're sent off proper. Well, I hope you but, get some recording. I hope you get. Yeah, little, no, little, we're gonna get audio some audio as well, and maybe get a couple pictures and whatnot. Uh, maybe a little something for the YouTube channel. But uh, yeah, no. So I'll I'll be out there uh, with the guys from Oregon Trail Off Road this weekend. I just won't be. Unfortunately, I won't be wheeling with them. Yeah, well, it'll. It's better to to, to go through that and uh, have the because the thing could have happened while you were out there. And, and I always right, believe well, it's, and it's a like and, and it's for really. I have. I, I do have oil pressure. I just have five psi. There is oil in the valley in the valve train. It's just a trickle. So yeah. it's not like I'm completely starving the engine of oil, but it might as well be. So well, it's well, not something that I'm wanna, willing to go out and, and, and wheel this thing with. If it doesn't go above five, if it doesn't go above five uh, psi when the RPMs go up, 
you're just running, risking, uh, scarring a bearing. It's not yep. worth it right now. Exactly. You probably are okay. You know, when you pull the pan off, uh, you might want to drop uh, the uh, the rear main and look at the bearing. If you look at that rear bearing and it still looks okay, just not did scored. Just seal again too. So well, yeah. but it doesn't hurt anything though. I mean, it's just drop it. You don't have to do anything except retorque it, right? Oh, you're talking about actually removing the bearing cap uh, for the rear main seal. No, no, yeah, bearing. no, not changing the the seal, but drop yeah. the rear main cap. Look at the bearing, and then you can see if there's any scoring there. And if that one looks okay, because I think that one, I think Matt told me that since that one is the one that's furthest away from the oil pump, it gets the least amount of oil. And if that yeah. one looks good, chances are very good the rest of them are fine. Yeah, and honestly, the 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 bottom end of the engine doesn't have any noise. I don't have any piston slap or nothing like that. I've got a little bit of some tappet noise. I got a little bit of a, a little bit of valve noise, but again, that's probably because of the drop in oil pressure most likely. And the Jeep does have 230, 40, 50,000 miles on it or something like that. It's probably going to be due for a head job here in, in the distant future, but in the not too distant future, but uh, that'll be well, down the way. Here's a good um, suggestion from Caster RC so Rick. He just says, blow yep. it up and build a stoker. Stroker. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have a spare head out here that I thought about doing a little port and polishing on. A stroker build is certainly on my radar. Uh, it's something that, that's been, that has intrigued me for, for a while. But, uh, yeah, I just don't. It's that, That's so far down the road. I got so much other stuff I got to do before I do anything like that. Yeah. Well, Tammy, you got some uh, some hot diff cover action to talk about, don't you? Yeah, I got lots to do. You know, I decided not to powder coat the diff covers just because I will be off-roading with them. And everyone says, you know, getting dings and and stuff, they are harder to um, fill in the gashes. Thank you. God, my yeah. brain is fine. Touch up. And I, and I, I, yeah, like touch that, up. Man. Thank you. And I noticed that on my, my front bumper is I have a little spot, my front bumper is powder-coated, I have a little spot that's kind of chipping away, and I can just see the rust underneath it just peeling away. So what I'm going to do is um, the guys at work are letting me use the grinder, and they said I should smooth it out a little. And then I'm going to get some um, etching gray spray paint primer, spray them, and then just go get some um, purple spray paint. And then I'll be putting those on. I'm hoping CPO will help me um, change them out. And then the other thing is I'm waiting um, for another one of the guys at work. He used to fabricate race cars, and I forget the name of the tool he used, but he says we can just trim my ruby rails. We don't even have to take them off. He can just do it right there. Um, so I'll pull out the little oh, plastic yeah, plug, slice them up. And as a matter of fact, there I didn't get any sort of rubbing when I was out at AOAA. Oh, that's but interesting. I yeah. I wasn't really on any, I wasn't flexing as much as I was mm -hmm. at Roush Creek, though, because I was on um, some more off-camber um, situations at Roush Creek. Um, now, I'm just going to mention this to you one more yep. time. I think I would take the ruby rails off, move the sliders up, increase your ground clearance. My sliders sell. can't go up. They won't go up. Oh, is that what you told me? Because I knew there was something about that. They, yeah, no, the, they, they are the, made to, to work with the Ruby Rails only? No, they're, I mean, where my rock sliders are right now, if I took the Ruby Rails off, they would be in the same position. Oh, there would just be a gap. Okay. 
Yeah, I'd still take them off and sell the ruby rails. Get some money. Yeah, I know. I mean, no. that, that's better than Lego money. It's less guilt. No, the, but the ruby rails, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's up to you. I just, I'm just thinking yeah. that somebody with a Sahara or something wouldn't mind right. having a, you know, a piece of a Rubicon on their uh, on their Jeep. So, yeah, it's, I just, you know, you're cutting them, and I just say, well, why cut them? Just get rid of them. So, um, and they were saying those ruby rails were made for the Wranglers when they used to have the pinch seam. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and then, God, what were they telling me on the trail this weekend? The 2012s and older. They didn't do the pinch seam anymore, but they probably had billions of these ruby rails sitting in the shop, so they just slapped them on these new Jeeps, even though they were longer. Oh, so, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, now my other thing is, and I have a prop, but it's behind me, so you're just going to have to wait and see it. Um, uh, Oxbeam sent me some LED headlights to review. Oh, okay. So I'm crossing my fingers. I'll be able to um, test them out this weekend. Um, so they say to, to, to show the different um, light differences that I should be like 25 feet back from my garage door at night. And then I'll take a picture of my current headlights. And then when I change them, do the same thing. I don't know. I guess they say 25 feet is the distance to be able to tell what kind of beam it's throwing i don't know hey That's whatever whatever, yeah, whatever they want and there's all sorts of uh tutorials and um and diagrams online that you can check out for how to set up your headlights for aiming them for comparison photo shots you know all that sort of stuff so. right so uh, what would i google just headlight uh, alignment? You know, head, headlight aiming you know aiming, something okay. like that yeah okay. aiming headlights yeah, you'll see some pictures of people with masking tape marks on their on their uh, garage doors and you know, on the side of a grocery store wall or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So Not those are three things that I need to get done. And I'm still want to um, buy one of those Molly's back seat back things like you have. Tony. Oh yeah. There, oh, there you go. I haven't uh, done much with mine, but it's nice having all that stuff picked up from around the Jeep and all right. uh, stacked very nicely mm-hmm. in there. It uh, got a little flashlight uh, stuck in there too. So that makes it really yeah, handy. I saw that. Yeah. So I'll tell you guys real quick, there's been uh, some uh, uh, excitement over the uh, proposed trip to the Guadalupe National Park here in Texas. Uh, I've had uh, three to five people reach out to me, not including the uh, xjtalk.com site, asking if they could go uh, meet meet up with me like from San Antonio and Dallas uh, along the way. So uh, very excited about that and uh, wasn't planning on talking much about it until we got closer to the event time, which looks like probably will be in October uh, at the earliest, uh, which is good because it needs to, to you know get a little cooler. Although uh, I believe those are 11,000 feet mountains and of course there is some more altitude as you go further north in mm-hmm. Texas. So it may be cooler up north in North Texas than what I've paid attention to since I don't live in North Texas. Uh, but uh, at any rate, if you're uh, if you don't know what, what I'm talking about, you can go over to uh, xjtalk.com or wranglertalk.com and look for the post that says something about Guadalupe National Park, uh, Farmers Road, and uh, there is actually uh, a few videos uh, about going down the Farmers Road to this farmer's house at the base of one of the Guadalupe National Park mountains. It's, hey, you it kids, is, get off my lawn! It is out in the middle of nowhere, and it's in the national park now. You have to have a key to unlock the fence from the highway to go down it. And Why do your kids keep getting the keys to my gate? And they say that uh, you have to have a vehicle with good ground clearance. They recommend 
food, water, all kinds of crap, just enough to scare. I'm gonna feed you to scare the hell out of people. No, I don't think anybody lives there at all. No, of course not. It's, but yeah, probably old but settler Google, the Google car, the infamous Google car doing the Google mapping stuff, they actually drove it down the trail. So you can go down the entire oh, Farmer's cool. Road Trail, which looks to be several miles long and terminates into a circular bit of dirt at the farmer's in front of the farmer's house. So uh, very interesting, very looking very much to, forward to going uh, there. Some 600-mile uh, trip for me, one way. And wow. uh, Yeah. So uh, looking forward to doing that, and if you'd like to come along, we'd like to have you. Just go over to xjtalk.com, wranglertalk.com, look for those posts, and uh, keep up with what's going on. Uh, also, some uh, some talk about it on uh, various Facebook uh, uh, sections, uh, groups that are open and closed. Uh, probably have that information on uh, the, the forums uh, in case you want to follow it there. Sounds all very similar to an event that a friend of the show is doing, an annual event, in fact. And uh, this is where it brings us to our Wheeling Wear section of the show, where we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Now, John, pre-runner 1982, you guys know him from our Radio Comtech segments, uh, is putting on his, geez, what is this, the third annual Day of Dirt Adventure. Uh, this is happening Saturday, August 6th in the Oklahoma backcountry, guys. The Day of Dirt Adventure is a backroad tour of Oklahoma's forgotten history. Last year, there were over 100 Jeeps in attendance. Interested parties can check it out on Facebook and contact John through there for more information as well. Trust me, guys, this is an awesome event. Lots of history, lots of stuff for the photogs out there. So you guys got a good camera, definitely something you want to be a part of. Also want to tell you about the Jeepers Jamboree. Next one coming up July 23rd through the 26th, Georgetown, California. If you guys don't know about the Jeepers Jamboree, head to jeepersjamboree.com and you can find out all the information on what a all-inclusive Jeep outing is like. And the 8th annual Topless for Tatas event coming up August 12th through the 14th at Roush Creek Off-Roading Park, Pine Grove, Pennsylvania. For more information, head to toplessfortatas.com. Guys, this is a fundraiser for breast cancer awareness. We'll be raising a ton of money they do it each and every year. This is the eighth annual for this event, guys. Over 500 Jeeps will be wheeling. This will be one for the ages. Check it out. More information, toplessfortatas.com. I get the feeling that's a bait and switch situation there. I just, uh, <laughs> no, I don't I know. Have, I've, I've, site, I've guys. been it on is, It is trail. safe for work. Don't worry. It's an awesome trail. I, I rode it I'm, the last time I was out there with Kyle. I'd be going for Tatas from that intro. <laughs> Say, you can go to my YouTube channel and you can see the trail. Oh, yeah. I, I, would, I would expect you to say something completely different, Tammy. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll remind you guys about subscribing over to iTunes. Uh, you know, we've been getting reports of some iTunes users having delays in getting the show. I know, <gasps> shocking. Uh, and uh, now YouTube emailer, uh, email users get their email notifications aren't showing up or sometimes after days after their friends receive theirs. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have any control uh, over that. But, uh, you know, what you can do if you want to get instant notification whenever we post a new show on iTunes is subscribe. Oh, Subscribers yeah. on iTunes get that uh, that new show uh, as near immediate as you can get it. Certainly not a three-day delay, two or three days delay. Uh, so please go over there to iTunes and subscribe. They, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. You just go to your phone, your iPad, wherever you listen, and it's right there. It's already downloaded. I mean, come... Uh, Monday morning, whenever you get ready to go to work, it'll be on your phone. You'll be ready to listen to it. 
So, and hey, if you guys want to check out the show live, we are broadcasting it every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central, not only on our website, but also youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show, another place where you guys can help us out by subscribing. youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. We have a ton of videos on there and virtually our entire show archive there for your guys' viewing pleasure if you want to check out Three Talking Heads. <laughs> And don't forget, you can join the Jeep Talk Show uh, team. We're looking for volunteers to manage uh, our vast social media presence. I want to see Empire on the web. You can can be the Jeep Talk Show's social media voice. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. That's it for this week, guys. Wherever you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to treadlightly.org. Hey, and don't forget, if you want to follow me on my Jeep journey, go to jeepmama.com, www.jeepmama.com. Find me over at thevoiceofjosh.com. And if you need some uh, help with your uh, PC or uh, network or even server setup, uh, contact me at muccs.com. And uh, I'll just uh, wrap it up with uh, you guys have a great Jeep week. See you later. (laughs) Bye-bye.